Welcome to the podcast of the First Baptist Church of Tryon. I'm Jeff Harris. I'm the pastor here at First Baptist, and I'm grateful for you joining us today. I must say, podcast might be a bit of a stretch because really this is our weekly sermon, and I'm grateful that you've taken the time to listen to this week's sermon. I will give one word of warning, though, especially to those of you who are driving. Sermons um, from time to time tend to put people to sleep, so if you're driving, be real careful. We don't want you to fall asleep, because we'd love to have you tune in next week. (laughs) I hope you enjoy this week's sermon, although enjoy is really not the intended outcome of a sermon, but I am grateful that you took the time to listen, and I hope you have a great week. I'll catch you next week. We stand at the edge of fear and worry. God invites us to step into the waters of faith and trust. When we stand at the edge of the world's pain and need, Jesus invites us to step into the land of humble service. When we stand at the edge of our hunger and thirst, the Spirit invites us to sit at the table of grace. Let us pray. Dear God, 
As we gather in this way during these unusual times, we are joyous because we know that wherever we are, you are there too, that your house is everywhere. And we're joyous because we know that whenever we call on your name, you are listening. We pray to feel your presence during this service today and let us feel your presence during this special week as our nation elects its leaders. Help us to be still during this time and to hear your voice. You call on us to be holy. Let us be the ones to spread your peace in our homes and community and across our nation. In your holy name we pray, amen. Today's first scripture reading is a psalm of thanksgiving for deliverance from many troubles. Selected verses from Psalm 107. We'll give thanks to the Lord for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, those he redeemed from trouble and gathered in from the lands, from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. Some wandered in desert waste, finding no way to an inhabited town hungry and thirsty, their souls fainted within them. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He led them by a straight way until they reached an inhabited town. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wonderful works to humankind. For he satisfies the thirsty and the hungry, he fills with good things. He turns rivers into a desert, springs of water into thirsty ground, a fruitful land into salty waste, a cause of the wickedness of its inhabitants. He turns a desert into pools of water, a parched land into springs of water, and there he lets the hungry live, and they establish a town to live in. They sow fields and plant vineyards, and get a fruitful yield. The word of the Lord. Okay, join with me as we sing the two verses of How Great Thou Art. O Lord my God, when I in awesome wonder Consider all the worlds thy hands have made. I see the stars, I hear the rolling thunder. Thy power throughout the universe displayed. <clears throat> then sings my soul, my Savior God, to thee. <clears throat> How great thou art, how great thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to thee. How great thou art, how great thou art. When through the woods and forest glades I wander, 
and hear the birds sing sweetly in the trees. When I look down from lofty mountain grandeur, and hear the brook, and feel the gentle breeze, then sings my soul, my Saviour God, to thee, how great thou art, how great thou art, then sings my soul, my Saviour God, to thee, how great thou art, how great thou art. This is my father's world. This is my father's world, and to my listening ears, all nature sings and round me rings the music of the spheres. This is my father's world, I rest me in the thought of rocks and trees, of skies and seas, his hand the wonders wrought. This is my father's world, oh let me ne'er forget, that though the wrong seems of so strong, God is the ruler yet. This is my father's world, the battle is not done. Jesus who died shall be satisfied and earth and heaven be one. And Jesus said to the crowds and to his followers, the teachers of the law and the Pharisees have the authority to tell you what the law of Moses says. So you should obey and follow whatever they tell you, but their lives are not good examples for you to follow. They tell you to do things, but they themselves don't do them. They make strict rules and try to force people to obey them, but they are unwilling to help those who struggle under the weight of their rules. They do good things so that other people will see them. They make boxes of scripture that they wear bigger, and they make their special prayer clothes very long. Those Pharisees and teachers of the law love to have the most important seats at feast and in the synagogues. They love people to greet them with respect in the marketplaces, and they love to have people call them teacher. But you must not be called teacher because you have only one teacher and you are all brothers and sisters together. And don't call any person on earth father because you have one father who is in heaven. And you should not be called master because you have only one master the Christ. Whoever is your servant is the greatest among you. Whoever makes himself great will be made humble. Whoever makes himself humble will be made great. 
the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. No one, no one likes hypocrites, especially scribes and Pharisees, that is, religious leaders who tie up heavy burdens that are hard to bear. We, we may not agree on many, many things, but we probably agree on that, that we do not like hypocrites especially religious hypocrites who, you know, teach one thing and then do another. Do as I say, not as I do. No one, no one likes this kind of thing. In fact, it's one of the top reasons, if you actually poll people, it's one of the top reasons that people did not participate in the life of the church. I'm not going to church. That place is full of hypocrites. You ask and they answer. And that is what they are most likely to say. I'm not going with all those hypocrites. And Tony Campolo offers a couple of good responses to, to such reasoning. When people say the church is full of hypocrites, Campolo usually says, no, it's actually not full of hypocrites. We always have room for one more. Or you can go a different line of thinking and he says, oh yeah, it, 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 the church is full of hypocrites. And that's exactly why you'll feel right at home. Now, I'm not sure how persuasive uh, these responses are, but they're certainly true. They're deeply true. Because on one level, a very core kind of level, we are all hypocrites. Now, this is not something we should be proud of. I'm not saying this as if it's a badge of honor. And it's not something that we should use as an excuse. But it is something that we must be aware of. Because it can be healthy to know such things about oneself. Because our natural tendency is to just see it in other folks. It's really easy to see the hypocrisy all around you. I mean, goodness gracious, it's everywhere. And it's not only easy to see, sometimes it's really fun to point out, but what is more difficult, what is less fun, you might say, is to look in the mirror. But humility requires such honesty. Now, the culture in which we live, it doesn't value humility. We tend to prefer bravado and swagger. And if we think someone can really walk the walk, well, then we might even admit to enjoying a little bit of arrogance. Well, they're just confident, we would say. And the truth is, sometimes that kind of confidence and boldness is appealing to us. Shucks, we even have celebrity preachers in our culture. Let me just say that one more time. Celebrity preachers, that is an oxymoron if I've ever heard one. Now, I'm not saying that pastors are really oxymorons. 
celebrity pastors are probably mainly just morons. I'd take the oxy off that. That's a bad joke, I know. I probably shouldn't say that, right? But this is how it works in our culture. We even somehow elevate pastors to the status of celebrity. Oh, because, you know, they love to have their place of honor at banquets and the best seat in the house. And they want to be greeted with respect in the marketplace. They want people to call them rabbi. But Jesus says, you are not to call them rabbi. For you have only one teacher and all of us are students. One teacher and all the rest of us are students. I'll never forget several years back at the Gardner Webb Pastor School, Leonard Sweet was there leading the, re, leading the continuing ed event. And here's what stuck with me from what Sweet said. He said, I get so tired of all the books and all the conferences about leadership. He said, the church is just full of those. You know, here's how to be a Christian leader and here's how to have leadership in your church and all these kinds of things. He says, doesn't the church know that pastors aren't called to be leaders? They're called to be followers. Because we have one teacher and we are all students. And you see, this teacher of ours is different. This teacher of ours emptied himself, took on the form of a slave, of a servant, and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. The greatest among you will be your servant. Now, I wonder, I wonder what would happen if we believed this. I wonder what would happen if the church really believed this. What would happen if the church cared more about the poor than cozying up to the powerful? What would happen if we really believed that the greatest among us was the servant? Well, we better believe it because the day is coming. The day is coming when all of those who exalt themselves will be humbled and all of those who humble themselves will be exalted. The day is surely coming. Thus saith the Lord. Amen. Let us take a few moments now to ponder the significance of this Savior of ours, the one who humbled himself to death, even death on a cross, as the piano plays.
I just want to say a word of thanks for all the pastor appreciation cards that have been sent my way. I want to say thank you to the church for the very generous gift that you offered last week. I am grateful for those things. I appreciate that. And um, I'm grateful to be able to serve here with you and to minister together with you. As we begin this time of prayer, I want us to pray silently for a few moments to think about um, the place in which we find ourselves in this country that we love and that we live. Now, Christians cannot agree on theology, so we are obviously not going to agree on how that theology actually informs public policy or how it plays out in the world, what we might call politics. And that's not the prayer that I'm asking us to pray. But what I am asking us to pray is that we be the best versions of ourselves, that we be the people that God really already knows us to be. I think one thing that we have in common in this country, no matter which side of the aisle you find yourself on, and no matter if you're in between those sides or maybe you're somewhere beyond those sides, I think many of us live with a sense of fear. We fear those who think differently than we do. We fear those who vote differently than we do. We genuinely have fear that if the election goes this way or that it goes that way, that it could have really deep ramifications for our life together, and obviously it will have deep ramifications for our lives together. But I think if we can be our best selves, we can acknowledge that on all sides of the divide, there is fear. And so let us pray that in the midst of this fear, that God might give us a spirit of love and peace and mercy. And that as the church, in these divided ways that we speak, the unique language that we have been offered, and that is the language of the gospel. So may we pray for healing and may we pray for peace. May we pray that God's will be done, not just in some election, but in all of our living. May it be done on earth as it is in heaven. So let us pray silently now. Oh, Lord, be with us. Make us your people. Forgive our hypocrisy. Forgive our arrogance. Forgive our certainty. Forgive us for ignoring way too often the ones that you most spent time with.
Help us to be a faithful congregation. Help us to do justice. Help us to love mercy. Help us to walk with humility. Because the world aches, it moans and groans for such a people, for such a place. And we do as well. Heal us from this pandemic, from this virus that has gone on for too long. And yet, seems to be, seems that it will go on for a long time more, oh Lord. These are weird ways in which we are living. And we're all tired. Renew us. Renew our strength. Renew our lives. Fill us with peace. Fill us with hope. Help us to look upon each other with mercy and with generosity. Take away the fear that causes us to lash out. Take away the fear that keeps us from worshiping you. Help us to be humble servants. For these are the ways that lead to life. We now pray for those who need healing and hope. And you may unmute yourself and offer their name aloud. Erica, Brent, and Sherry. Andrew. Randy. Michael Jordan. Louise Radford. Aaron Burrell and Elliot Hodges. Her daughter Christine was diagnosed with COVID Thursday. It's over. Be with all these whom we've named, O oh Lord. Be with the ones who we carry with us silently and be with the ones unknown to us. Give them healing and give them hope. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, the one who has taught us how to live and how to die and how to pray. So may you unmute yourselves now and let us pray in the way that we have been taught. Our Father, One of our church missions focus in November is Thermobile Outreach Ministries Angel Tree Gift Fervor. As most of you know, in prior years, uh, we had an angel tree in the North X and we took a um, angel from that tree and um, bought the, the gifts that were listed on, on the angel. 
This year, due to the pandemic, Outreach has made a few adjustments to the traditional program uh, to minimize exposure uh, to everyone involved in the, that process. Now we are asked to purchase gift cards in $25 increments and deliver the cards to Thermavale Outreach Ministry by November the 16th. The gifts will be distributed from the Columbus Methodist Church in early December. Outreach is requesting gift cards now for six stores only. One of the stores is Walmart. If you decide to purchase a gift card from Walmart, then you must purchase it from Walmart store or online. For the other five stores, Target, GameStop, Old Navy, Dollar General, Family Dollar, you can purchase the gift card from any location that sells those. The cards you purchase can be put in the lockbox at the Rock House in your offering envelopes, or you can mail them to the post office box at the church. And the cards need to be at the church by November the 15th. This is an opportunity to help families here in Polk County. I know $25 doesn't sound like much for family gifts, but if you don't have a single penny to buy a Christmas gift with, then $25 is a meaningful gift. So let's all participate in this program so that we can make sure that every single family in Polk County receives at least one gift for Christmas. Thank you. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him all creatures here below. Praise him above ye heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. Thank you, Shelby, and the mission team for continuing to help us minister here in our community. And thanks to all of you who responded to that request for items for Tron Elementary School. We have a good collection that will be delivered this week. We are grateful for all of you who have given to that. Thanks also to Jim and to Kay and to Leslie for offering music this morning. Always thanks to our behind-the-scenes folks. Jacob is running the sound and video here from the sanctuary. Jody is the one who is administering this meeting at home, trying to spotlight folks and, and put him uh, text up. So thanks to both of them for doing that. We appreciate it. Also, uh, just a quick reminder that we meet for Vespers at 4 o'clock, and if that's something that you would like to be a part of, we would love to have you. Uh, also, uh, since we have internet now at the church again, that's also something that will be available on Zoom if you want to join the Vespers from home. I'll have my, I have my camera set up out there, and you'll be able to participate that way as well. If you come, please bring your mask and wear your mask. Uh, bring a chair as well.
Uh, please only have close contact with folks from your immediate household. Make sure you give a bubble of at least six feet to folks who aren't a part of your household. Uh, there's no parking in the rear parking lot of the church, but if you need a shuttle, you can catch that over at the activity building. And if there are a couple of our folks who really have some uh, walking issues and may not be able to get onto the golf cart, uh, we, can, we can park just a couple of you in the rear parking lot so that you could be there. If any of you have concerns about parking, just let me know and we'll make sure that we uh, have a place for you. We want everyone who wants to be there to be able to be there. So it's been good to worship with you. It's been good to see you here on this screen, especially during the Lord's Prayer. I love just looking at the big view and seeing all of you praying that together. So here's the benediction. So may you go in peace to love and serve the Lord. And as you go, remember who you are. You are disciples of Jesus, our Lord and our brother, children of Almighty God, bound together as brothers and sisters through the Spirit. You are the very body of Christ. So may you serve the Lord with gladness all your days. Amen. Feel free.